Welcome to Living Wisely, Living Well, Timeless Wisdom to Enrich Every Day with Asha Nayaswamy, one of the spiritual directors of Ananda Palo Alto and a founding member of Ananda Worldwide. If you enjoy this content and are inspired by the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda and his disciple Swami Kriyananda, find Asha on YouTube, Facebook, all podcast directories, and her website, ashajoy.org. Living Wisely, Living Well, September 24. View challenges as stimulants to your spiritual ascent. Twice when I was a child, bullies much larger and stronger than I attacked and beat me. Both times I won against them by refusing to admit defeat. Afterward, they avoided me. Never surrender your will to anyone. If you can maintain your integrity... Others may accuse you of betrayal, but it is to yourself you must remain true. Let people say about you what they will. Be strong in yourself. If you can preserve your will unbroken, you will always, in the end, come out victorious. In others of the the suggestions for right living that have been contained in this book, I have commented about how extreme Swamiji's advice to us is. Just recently in this same month, there was one about being imprisoned, imprisoned without hope of release, and how we're supposed to deal with that. Swamiji is, is wanting us to concentrate at the top of the mountain so that every step we take, even from the flat meadow way below it, will be in the direction of that summit. So when Swami's talking here about <clears throat> your will remaining unbroken, it, uh, uh, an incident in my life was recently brought to mind, and, and I, I learned something from it I hadn't thought of. I've mentioned in these broadcasts and others that I've always had a certain... Um, preoccupation is almost the right word, but I've always been aware of the possibility of being placed in extremely difficult circumstances. Primarily in my mind, it relates to prison or concentration camps. I was born in 1947 in America to a Jewish family. But the, the, the recent events at that point of World War II, even though they'd never affected my family directly, influenced my consciousness. Plus, I, I have the personality that would have gotten itself in trouble with the authorities in previous incarnations. I think I've moved through it, but the samskars, the impressions are still there. Now, this relates to the fact that Swami Kriyananda, from time to time, when we lived at Ananda village, uh, this was before the days of video. Uh, This may have even been before we had electricity. We did not have televisions. Um, So our only possibility, occasionally, of entertainment um, was of movies was to go into town where there was one movie theater and we would sometimes go to a movie just for relaxation after big, a big push of Swami's work or some work for the whole community. Sometimes he would take four or five of us. We'd go into town and have dinner, then we'd go to a movie. <clears throat> sometimes we'd, we had to go to movies that we thought might be good but would prove disappointing. And on more than one occasion, we walked out of a movie because it just wasn't, wasn't a, wasn't something we wanted to see. On this, and, and usually it would be Swamiji who would initiate it. We we tended to move behind him. He didn't dominate, but we deferred to him. 
So in this particular time, we went to see a movie, and this would have been like 30 or 40 years ago. This was in the 70s. My recollection of the movie is it was called The House of Orange. And The House of Orange is the, the monarchy of the Netherlands. And it was a movie about the Dutch resistance after the Nazis took over that character, that country. And there were several key characters who ended up being arrested, terribly tortured. And most, for the most part, or at least many of them, were executed after torture. Not a very pleasant theme. And rarely did Swamiji subject us to that kind of a, a movie. It just, why would we? So we went into this movie, and I myself am exceedingly vulnerable to those kind of images. So I strictly, I strictly avoid it if I can, because it just goes too deep and it stays with me. So we were in this movie, and it began to unfold, and the nature of the movie began to become clear. I wasn't sitting next to Swami, but I kept glancing down, waiting for the moment when he would stand up and we would get to walk out of this movie. But instead, he assumed, assumed this certain posture, which he sometimes did when he, was, when he was paying attention and he was thinking, which is he would fold his arms over his chest, he would sort of sit back a little bit, and you could sort of feel this power emanating from his spiritual eye. And he was, so he was just staring at the screen and the movie got worse and worse and I kept glancing at him and he was just there. And the, 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 the experience of having to sit through that movie has stayed with me all this time. Now, very recently, the subject of that movie came up and it occurred to me for the first time something that has been true this entire cycle that the primary image I carry from that movie is the hero, the main hero of this, has been arrested, he's been put through terrible torture, and I do have one image of his being terribly tortured, and they, they want him to betray his, his colleagues. He absolutely refuses to do it. He takes everything they dish out and remains absolutely silent. This is the, the plot, part of the plot. And then in the movie, somehow he's upstairs on this upstairs walkway. Maybe it's like a prison walkway or something. He comes out of his cell or out of the torture room. I don't know. He's just walking like this. And he sees his colleagues. And with a very small gesture, he gestures to them. Of, he makes it clear that he's been absolutely victorious. That they were, they were never able to break him. And he's being led off to be shot. But the image in my mind is this extraordinary, expanded energy of the hero of this story having faced the absolute worst, having triumphed, and now marching off victoriously to his death. Isn't that interesting? Now, I've always thought of that experience as being awful because of the scenes of torture, but what registered in my consciousness was the victory. And all this time, that picture has actually been the picture to me of victory over terrible circumstances. My mind kept both images, but the one that really influenced me was victory over terrible circumstances. After we came out of that movie, it was like, sir, why did you make us watch that movie? And he just said very calmly, oh, sometimes it's good to subject yourself to things like that to see if you can remain calm even in the midst of it. That was his only explanation. Sometimes it's good for you.
And well, I have to say it was. Swamiji's story about the bullies, he, he refers to two examples of bullies who took advantage of him and, and beat him rather significantly. Um, not permanent damage, but dominated him. You know, these were fights. Swami was 13, 14. These were teenage fights, but in both cases, Swami was a, a very small, uh, he was very slender, and he wasn't, well, he was physically strong, but he wasn't a big child. Um, he, he just wasn't a big person. He was a smaller person. In both cases, they were older boys who had grown to their full manhood already, even as teens. And in, in one case particularly, Swami was attacked in his dorm room, and because he was in boarding school, he was in his dorm room, and there were people all around him. And for a period of time, this bully pinned him on the bed and just pummeled him. And Swami described it as sort of covering his head and his face so that he wouldn't be seriously injured. And the boy kept threatening to literally throw him out the window, and they were on the third story of the building. And Swamiji said as he lay there, he thought it was quite possible, because the boy was a little unbalanced, it was quite possible that the boy would let him do it. Well, I asked Swami the question that it turned out some of his schoolmates asked him later. I said, Swamiji, why didn't you call for help? Swami just looked at me as this is an, an adult. He said, because I wasn't afraid. Interesting, isn't it? I wasn't afraid. Because they would pummel his body, and you know, it wasn't pleasant. But as Swami says elsewhere in, these, in this book, a little pain never hurt anyone. But I wasn't afraid. And you see, a bully thrives on creating fear and playing off that fear. And a bully himself, always deep inside of himself, is terrified. Because nobody who isn't scared has to exert that much power over everyone all the time. Bullies live in, in a state of profound, suppressed fear. I mean, if, if they don't know it, it's subconscious and it's superconscious. In the sense that everything that you're inflicting on others, you're going to have to experience. And the soul knows that until you learn compassion and restraint. But um, so fear in their victims is what gives the bully access to your consciousness, what links you together. And Swamiji's absolute refusal to be afraid leaves the bully helpless because that's what he uses, even when he's using his physical strength. He's using it because he knows that most of us are afraid of pain. And Swami simply wasn't. And he said after that, there was absolutely nothing the bullies could do to him. So they, they did their worst. It had no effect on him. And that was pretty much that. And then Swami goes on, you know, more. And he talks about, be true to your own principles. And even if people try to bully you with insult and telling you that you're betraying them or whatever it is, be strong in yourself. He said, as long as your will is clear and as long as your you are aware of who you are and what you're doing. Now bear in mind, great self-honesty is required. Swami Kriyananda in his life was profoundly criticized by his own guru bhais, as it happened, who, who, whom, he had, whom he loved and, and had respected a great deal in his life, 
whose authority he had followed for many years. He had every reason to feel that they had his best interests at heart. It took him a long time to come to the conclusion that they did not. But he listened and he introspected exceedingly honestly. He did not immediately just say, I want to be right and therefore I am right. Who are they to talk about me? Many things you could say. He never said any of them. Whenever Swami was criticized, he would stop and he would think very deeply if there was validity in that criticism. But then he also had the courage and the willpower not to be bullied. If, if he felt he was true to his principles and others did not agree with him, well, there was really nothing much he could do. He said, in a sense, he was a bit difficult to work with because if he thought he was right, he, he wouldn't argue, Swamiji said, he wouldn't argue his point of view because if others, if, if he couldn't win them with sweet reason, if what he saw was not self-evident to others, he saw no reason to impose his will on them either. But nor would he surrender. That didn't mean he wouldn't cooperate. That didn't mean that he was he undermined what others were trying to do. But inside himself, he calmly and quietly and determinedly followed the truth as he understood it. And there's tremendous power in that, you see. If you don't surrender your will, he said, there's nothing really that others can do to you. They can hurt your body. They can take away their free, your freedom. They can injure your reputation. There's all kinds of things people can do. But if inside yourself, you remain strong, you remain unbroken. And that was the picture which I have, especially since it's come to my attention, from that movie all those years ago. That, and it was, a, it was a brilliant piece of acting. And even in the moment, I recognized it was great theater because he conveyed so much. Of course, we as the audience had been privy to what, more of what he'd gone through where his, his compatriots didn't yet know. But he conveyed um, suffering, um, which had ended in victory, and the power of his inner self to remain unshaken no matter what had happened. And he conveyed courage in the face of death. Like, what, what can this world do to us? At the very end, it can take our life, but it's going to take our life anyway. And what we take with us is who we have been up to that moment. And if we are strong in the values that matter to us, then we can walk as triumphantly as that man walked. It was, it was theater. It was a story, but it was a story of a reality that really happened, not necessarily those characters, <clears throat> but that opportunity to face adversity and to triumph. So Swami says, view challenges as stimulants to your spiritual ascent. Twice when I was a child, bullies much larger and stronger than I attacked and beat me. Both times I won against them by refusing to admit defeat. Afterward, they avoided me. Never surrender your will to anyone. If you can maintain your integrity, others may accuse you of betrayal, but it is to yourself you must remain true. Let people say about you what they will, 
Be strong in yourself. If you can preserve your will unbroken, you will always, in the end, come out victorious. Joy to you, my friends. Our work is made possible by inspired listeners. So if you feel to support Asha, you can make a one-time donation or for unique members-only content, subscribe through Patreon. Blessings and thank you.